Hey, I'm pumped for tonight. Band's already gone. We're going to get into it. <laughs> Goal anointing. I, I, I truly believe that the church is meant to be full of people that are big dreamers, risk takers, goal makers, because the kingdom of God's got to advance, and that only happens when people advance in the call and the gifts that God has placed on the inside of us. And I, and I believe that God gives us all dreams, um, but they don't just automatically magically happen. I don't know, uh, who, who here has ever purchased a piece of Ikea furniture before? Anyone? Anyway, we got, some, we got some groaning in the room because you know. They're like super beautiful, aesthetic, pleasing to the eye when you're going into that warehouse and you've got the people that are just like selling the piece within this really vibey room, but then you purchase said item and you're ready to make like the, the, the room of your dreams and then you open the instruction manual, you open up the boxes and you see that it doesn't just automatically come together. In fact, uh, Ikea is renowned for being quite a pain in the tush to put together. And uh, what, what I know is that God has given you and I dreams that are big, that are pleasing, that are good. He desires to give us the, uh, the desires of our hearts. However, those things don't just automatically happen because He's given them to us. And the, the whole purpose around doing goal anointings is that we would actually begin to do the steps and we begin to put the things in place to see those dreams and those visions come to fruition. And just to help us with a little bit of practicality, as, you're, as you begin to write your goals, and if you haven't uh, come prepared tonight, can I just encourage you, as, as I'm sharing this message, open your heart, begin to just inquire of God as to what He would have you do this year, and just begin to write them down. And to help you kind of filter those goals, Pastor John, when he did this message back in 2021, had these different areas in which you can set goals for. So I'm just going to put them at there. Yeah, they all start with F, so they should be memorable. Uh, family goals marriage life, children, parenting, whatever it is, family goals, financial goals, fitness goals, fun goals. I was actually convicted because I don't have any of those yet, Pastor John, so I gotta, I'm taking life too seriously. I've got to have some fun. Um, uh, it's, it's not too late. It's not too late. Uh, friendship goals, further education goals or personal development, however you want to call that, and faith goals, ministry goals. Maybe you wanted to see God do something really cool through your life. They're just a couple areas in which you can begin to write goals for if you haven't yet. But I just want to share some thoughts around setting goals tonight, but then also unpack the significance of anointing those goals. Because not just do we need to create those goals, but we need the hand of God to move with us as we make these plans. Uh, Proverbs 16 verse 3 says this, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. And that's what we're doing tonight. We are committing the dreams, the desires, the goals that God has placed on the inside of us. And I believe that as we do that in the presence of God, that He will establish them. Other translations say that He will bring them success. That is the heart of our Father. The heart, is, heart of our Father is not that we would suffer and that we would struggle, but that we'd actually walk in success and that we would flourish in the things that He's entrusted us to do. He commissioned humanity. Beginning of, beginning of all creation, be fruitful and multiply. That's what we're called to do. So that's, that's a part of what we're doing tonight. So, First thought around setting goals tonight is that they should be birthed in prayer. They should be birthed in prayer. That is the foundation in which we build our goals. Whenever I read all of Scripture, um, I find time and time again people's destinies, callings, and identities being released in the context of the presence of God. You see, Abraham is told that he'll be the father of many nations in the presence of God. Isaac and Jacob, his sons, that, that covenant, that promise is established in the presence of God. You see, God meet Jacob in a dream telling him that he would reign over, over many people, including his family, and that was in the presence of God through a dream in the night. 
We also see Moses meeting with God in, in, the, in the burning bush in which he is commissioned to set the Israelites free. We see Joshua commissioned to actually then lead them into the promised land through the voice of God, in the presence of God. Wherever I look, Samuel, the first prophet in Scripture, was called by God in his presence to go and be all that God's called him to be. Every person in Scripture, even our Lord and Savior Jesus himself, Holy Spirit descends upon him. His identity is secured. He goes into the wilderness and seeks after God and comes out in the fullness of the power of what God's called him to do. And as followers of Jesus, you and I have access to that same presence through the place of prayer and worship. And I just want to echo what Pastor John has said. If you are here tonight and you've yet to make that decision to place your faith in Jesus and begin a relationship with Him, there will be an opportunity later on in the service to do that. And I believe that if you'd make that decision tonight, it will truly set you on the course that God's called you to. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. But Jeremiah 29, 11, if you're a Christian, you know it. It says that God's plans for us are good and not for evil to give us a future and a hope. And Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, you should all know this one as well, is that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So instead of writing goals that we can conjure or orchestrate in our own imagination, why not go to the one? who knows the plans He has for us. Why not go to the one who is actually able to do far beyond we could ever conjure or create in our own mind? That is the context of why our goal should be birthed in prayer because it's where we go, God, instead of going, God, here's these things that I've kind of thought up in my own imagination. I go, God, you know me. God, you, you knew the plans you had for me before I was even born. God, your plans for me are so much greater, so much far above what I could ever imagine. What do you have for me? What do you have for me? What do you want to do on the inside of me? Because when we birth these things in His presence, in the place of prayer where we hear His voice, He'll begin to stir things in you that you wouldn't have even thought yourself capable of, that you can begin to walk out. We gotta, it's, it's just like, if I were to continue to beat this Ikea reference to the ground, it's like walking into the I- Ikea warehouse, right? And you've got all of the options in the world before you. And in the pra- place of prayer is where, like, God, not to reduce God, but for the sake of the imagery, just go with me. It's like the store clerk that leads you towards the perfect thing that is set aside for you. The perfect piece of furniture, which is in fact the goal and the dreams that he has prepared aside for you that fit your skill set, that fit your desires. That is what we do when we bring goals to God in the place of prayer. Our greatest goals are birthed in that place, birthed in prayer. Secondly, we got to make them clear. We got to make these goals clear. Proverbs 16 verse 9 says this, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And as we said, God begins to birth dreams in us, right? But then we partner with Him in setting the goals to see those things worked out. However, God cannot establish the steps of those who have not planned their course. If, if you come to God with nothing, He cannot establish your steps because you're going nowhere. You would go in circles. In fact, you probably wouldn't take a single step because you don't know where you're going. And so for us, the best way in which we can bring clarity and direction to our goals is by writing them down. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 and the ESV says this, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads with it. It's in putting pen to paper that we can visualize and and clarify and outline our goals for the year. And I was actually, I, I, I saw that make it plain on tablets and I just 
for whatever reason, was stirred to look up what those tablets actually were that they would have written these goals on. Um, they, were, they referenced wooden tablets. That, and when I think tablets, I normally think like the stone tablets of the covenant, right? Big, heavy things. Funnily enough, I looked up like the measurement of, because you can't run with one of those things, right? If you write a vision on that, I don't know about you, but I could not run with 500 kilos in any kind of direction ever. Um, however, the, the, the tablets that they're referencing in this passage of Scripture, they're wooden tablets, and they're about this size. Actually, like not, no word of a lie, it's 20 centimeters by 8, which is roughly about this size, which is, I don't, someone was, someone was praying when they made those things, just, just in preparation for my, for my message. But the idea, right, is that you're meant to write the, write the vision clear enough and concise enough on this that the person who took a hold of this vision to share it with others could run with it. And I don't know about you, but I can, I can run with a vision that's written on this. If my vision fills a whiteboard, or if my vision fills this screen, like word for word, I can't run with it anywhere. So the, the way in which we clarify our goals is by making them clear, making them simple, making them memorable. So like for, for me, for example, my, my, my overall financial dream and goal is that I would be exceedingly generous, abundantly blessed, and leave an inheritance for, my, for the next generation, for my children. And so for me, that is constantly wired in my brain, and that helps me to filter all the goals that I set, because, and it's clear, it's, it's, it's concise, and it's simple, and I will never forget that. How, however, if your vision statement, if your dream is 14 paragraphs long, good luck remembering that. Or if you are like me, and you're an overachiever, or attempt to be an overachiever, and your goal list is 14 pages long, you'll end up at this time next year having only filled one of those pages and have 13 pages of discouragement. So instead, why not make it? I don't, I'm just speaking from, this is just like counseling right now. This is, this is just my life. I said, I, up until last year, praise the Lord, I would, I would do about that, Pastor John, about 14 pages of goals in all these different areas and would try to fulfill one and just miss it, just miss it. But God's been very kind and he's teaching, teaching me better things. But we got to make... We've got to make the vision clear. We've got to make the goals clear in our life so that we can clearly, so that God can clearly orchestrate the steps that we take in the direction that God's placed on the inside of us. So we birth them in prayer, we make them clear, and thirdly, we leave room for faith. I've got to ask you, is there any room in your goals this year for God to actually move? Or are they all really safe and achievable? And you just go, God... I'm doing the religious thing of getting you on them, but really I know that I could achieve all these if I actually just put the effort in. Our, our Hebrews 11 verse 6 says this, and without faith it is impossible to please God. It is impossible to please God unless the way in which we live our life is partnered by faith. And look, I'm guilty of this, okay? I'm guilty of this. I actually, uh, once again, some, some vulnerability here, church. We just came back from Planet Boom and God moved in power. It was beautiful to see the healings and the signs and wonders that God did. But God challenged me and convicted me as we saw these people get healed. He began to, he began to highlight some unbelief in me where he, I, was, I believed wholeheartedly that He can move in power in the lives of others, but just not through me. Just not through me. For whatever reason, there was just some unbelief that I didn't believe that He wanted to use me in that way. And so to counter that by faith this year, I'm actually, one of my, one of my ministry or faith goals is that God would begin to unlock and release and, 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 and use me to move in, in signs and wonders and miracles and healing. And that's, that's a faith goal. That's a faith goal. That's a faith goal. And you guys can hold me accountable to press, to press into that. But I am, I'm, I'm, that's, a, that's a faith goal. In, in my own ability, I don't have, I can't heal anyone. That, that needs God on the other side of that to move. And I also actually remember this time last year, I, I'd come in, in, in my world of finances, I'd hit a bit of a wall and I'd come, I'd come into the new year super frustrated. I'd just gone from 
dead-end job to dead-end job, kind of at that 50-ish K a year salary, if that, and was finding myself really frustrated because I found God stirring something in me for more, but I had no idea why, no idea what, no idea why and which direction. And I, because there was just like so many different options ahead of me, and I felt God begin to disturb me to articulate before Him what lifestyle I was believing for, just by faith. Like, I didn't necessarily have any reason to believe for that, but I just felt Him stirring on the inside of me. And so, by faith, I said to Him that I was believing for 100000 and for a job that didn't have a ceiling but could, conti- could have continual advancement. And, uh, and it was crazy. Not to say that this is necessarily the foolproof uh, A to Z way of unlocking finances in your life. This is just what God did in my life, by faith. Um, I... I wrote that down and just began to pray after it. And then two weeks later, I found myself in the job that I am now in the holiday home property market underneath Michael Ford. And uh, after eight months of being in that job, I had earned the same amount that I had been earning my previous jobs up to date by the grace of God. We're not quite at the 100,000 yet, but in the, in the moment of just stepping out in faith, God unlocked something in my life as I just began to articulate that before Him. And I just want to encourage people in the room that feel intimidated or feel, intimidated or feel like they can't come to God and actually by faith believe for things and desire things. God's actually waiting for us to articulate those things by faith. God's actually believing because it's in that faith that it pleases Him and He partners with it and multiplies it and multiplies it. So we, we've got to leave room for faith in our goals. Otherwise, he, he's unpleased by it and doesn't want to move alongside. But when we, by faith, engage God and create gaps for Him to move, the God of the impossible partners with us and does really amazing things in our midst. We've got to leave room for faith in our goals. Fourthly, we've got to embrace the process. The accomplishing of our dreams, as I said, doesn't just automatically come to pass because we wrote it down or because we articulate it, but there is a step-by-step process that we take towards those dreams. And that journey, unfortunately, can sometimes result in setbacks, result in discouragements, result in challenges, and result in disciplines that we need to implement. Come on, somebody. Just because you set a goal doesn't automatically make you disciplined. Just because you set the goal to lose 10 kilos doesn't automatically make you disciplined to be able to do it. We actually have to put in the work. And that is a process. That is a process. In fact, it's a lifelong one. And if we allow ourselves to give up at the first sign of resistance, we will never accomplish anything. But Proverbs 24, 16 says, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. And for you and I, when we undertake this journey of setting goals and walking them out, as we encounter the setbacks, and I promise you they'll come, as people of God, our call is to rise back up and to keep pressing in, to keep learning, to keep growing into Christ and allowing Him to do the work in us that He needs to do. I remember uh, when I was 12 or 13, very newly saved, uh, didn't necessarily have any point of reference for this, but I would be in my bed almost every night and God would begin to show me visions as if I was looking at like a highlight reel of me leading young people and leading large groups of people into worship as a 12, 13-year-old, having just picked up a guitar and I was trash at it. Um, I was no good. But God stirred this thing in my heart, and I, so much so that after half an hour of watching this, I would like come to and realize that half an hour had passed, and I had no idea where it had gone. God just began to download and stir this thing in my heart. But I'm so thankful that, that the birth of that dream did not automatically put me in that position. In fact, it actually, I had to go through a six to seven year process in the context of worship leading and a 10 year journey to be where I am now alongside my beautiful wife leading this youth, leading this youth ministry, where I had to learn humility, 
where I had to learn compassion, where I had to learn forgiveness, where I had to learn diligence, integrity, where I had to learn what it was to serve under someone else's vision, where I had to learn how to deal with disappointment and rejection. I had to learn how to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit and to be led by Him. And I had to learn what it was to walk in uh, godly confidence and boldness. And I'm so thankful that God did not put me in those positions before I learned those things. But that was, that was six or seven years and then an extra three of waiting for those goals and those visions to come to pass. And that might not necessarily be your story, but I just got to tell you that there is purpose in the process. There is purpose in the process as, as you take and embrace the steps that God leads you in as you walk towards those visions and those dreams and those goals. God is faithful. Philippians 1 verse 6, it says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Whatever he is birthing in your heart, even now, be trust in him that he will walk it out with you until the day of completion. He will see it to the end if you would continue to embrace the process alongside him. Sound good? God is so good. Last but not least, we got to partner with God. We got to partner with God. And this is where the anointing comes in. And I want to talk about the anointing because it is a sacred and is a holy thing and is a powerful thing. You and I can do all of the things that I just mentioned, but without the anointing, Without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, we actually cannot truly walk these things out. We'll get to a point, but without the supernatural empowerment of the anointing, we cannot walk this out. We cannot walk this out. Uh, Jesus in John chapter 15, verse 4 to 6, so I'll just kind of summarize, but he talks about him being the, the vine and we are the branches, and without him, we cannot do anything. We cannot bear true fruit unless we are in him. And even Jesus himself received the anointing from God to do all he was commissioned to do on earth. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of devil, the devil because God was with him. So we see if Jesus required the anointing of the Holy Spirit to live out what God had commissioned him to do, who are you and I as believers to think that we could be anything more than him to do it without the anointing? We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do what God's called us to do without it. And for those of you who you know, aren't familiar with uh, Christianese and don't know what the word anointing is. The anointing was a sacred and, and holy thing that began in the Old Testament where uh, things and people that were devoted and set apart for God were covered in oil as a, as a symbol of saying, God, I've completely devoted and committed myself and set my, myself aside to you. And if you and I are going to bring our goals to God in this atmosphere and our goal anointing, we actually have to come with a heart of God. I am completely setting this apart as most holy to you. That means that I actually, I can't, I have to give these goals to you, but also give to you the process and the way in which these goals are achieved. That means that I have to give the, the my motives to you. We cannot receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit on our goals if our motives are impure, if they are motivated by selfishness or greed or rebellion, whatever it is, if there is anything in our spirit that is self-focused and not God-honoring at the utmost, the anointing doesn't come because God is holy. God is holy. And that's also the timing of the goals. That is also every step, every conversation that we have to have in the process of seeing those goals come to fruition. If we are to receive the anointing, it actually comes at a price. It comes at a price. And that's what we're doing. When we bring our goals tonight, we're saying, God, I'm setting these wholly apart to you because you are holy. And the beautiful thing is the anointing may come at a price. However, it comes with power to pay the price. 
1 Samuel 16, verse 13, talking about when David was commissioned to become king. It says, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Came powerfully upon David. So we see on the other side of the anointing is the power of the Lord. It's the power of the Lord that causes us to live above discouragement, that causes us to walk out every single step, that supernaturally empowers us to meet the faith gap, that supernaturally empowers us to walk in the provision and the blessing and the favor that we need in order to live out the call that God's placed on our life. And I love, I love that moment. It actually, where it says, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. That's actually the first time that David's name is mentioned in Scripture. And so before the anointing, he was this cast aside youngest brother who his family didn't even deem him worthy of becoming king. But the moment the anointing came upon him, he was David. And the moment the anointing came upon him, he was commissioned into his identity. He was commissioned into his individuality. He was commissioned into his call, regardless of what other people have said about him. I just want to encourage someone here today. You might see yourself as the other saw David. You might have seen yourself as the insignificant one, incapable of accomplishing much. Or you have all of these disqualifying factors in your mind bouncing around as to why you could not fulfill the dreams and the goals that God's put on the inside of you. The anointing is all you need. It, the anointing establishes us. The anointing makes us all that God's called us to be. It, it makes us from someone who was seemed insignificant to royalty to people commissioned by purpose. So don't disqualify yourself. Run to Jesus, receive the power of the Holy Ghost and become all that God's called you to be in your uniqueness. You do not have to mold yourself to to be a cookie cutter Christian. No, you just receive the anointing and all of the gifts that God's placed on the inside of you that are yours alone. He will give you and birth in you and, and energize by the power of His Holy Spirit. We need to partner with God. It's not by might, It's not by power, by His Spirit, by His power in the name of Jesus. So what we're going to do in a a little moment is we're going to just create that moment where we're going to bring our goals and and our dreams before the Lord and place them aside to Him and receive His power to live them out. Awesome. So what we're going to do right now, church, is we're going to stand to our feet and we're going to open up this altar. I'm going to invite the team now to to come out and and to prepare for this next moment. But what we're going to do is if you're here and you have your goals prepared, we're going to uh, come to the front and one of the team here are going to pray with you and just anoint the goals with oil. But we're just going to worship. And if you're in the process of writing those goals, that's completely fine. Keep writing them. And once you've got them, present them. But I believe that as we uh, do this moment, uh, that God's just going to begin to speak and begin to move. So let's just begin to worship. And let's just all stand to our feet. Even if you aren't participating in this moment, I believe the presence of God is here just to stir hearts and to encounter Him. But if that's you and you've got your goals, just begin to come now. Just begin to bring them to the altar. All across the room, wherever you are, just just come. Come on, all across this place. Can we just lift our hands to heaven? Father, I thank you. Lord, let 2024 be crowned with abundance and goodness this year. Father, over every single person in here, Lord, I thank you that you would continue to stir dreams. Father, I thank you that faith steps would be taken. Lord, I thank you that mountains that were previously in front of people tonight would be cast aside in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that we would see greater blessing, greater fruitfulness, Lord, in every individual, but as as C3 Powerhouse as a church, Father, I thank you that we would go from strength to strength, 
from glory to glory. Lord, that we would begin to see your kingdom advance. Lord, that your goals and your agenda would overshadow us. Lord, that your goals would be accomplished this year through us in the precious name of Jesus. And we all said, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus some praise.